I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Bang headlines for Thursday. Eagles hire Nick Sirianni off of the Frank Reich staff with the Colts. We're figuring Carson Wentz probably is going to like that. Still, though, the Eagles favored to have a losing record next season. Tampa Bay at Green Bay. Line still three and a half, but the total has moved up. Sign that the weather should not affect scoring in that game. Kyrie puts up 37. Nets still lose as a double-digit favorite. Imagine that. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. Live on a Thursday, championship week, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. In studio, Steve Fezzik, professional sports better, only two-time winner of the Super Contest, the biggest contest there is in the NFL handicapping. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. You know, Fez, I gave it yesterday over in the Green Bay game, and that total moved up almost as if people were listening. No doubt. Screen just clicking on up. Most places now at 51 and a half. Key number, 51. Oh, very much. Sports bettors do listen for the money. Sports fans know more than their buddies. We're the pros. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we inch closer to Conference Championship Sunday in the NFL, we've also got head coaches being introduced around the league. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? The fact that it only took me five times not to talk over the jingle. <laughs> I mean, that, that, it was only five, then I did it. Boom, it's over. I'm going home. No, no, no. I think we start with the hire in Philly. This is a major, major team. I mean, if you really think about it, a team that gets the most default discussion, top five, top seven, Eagles. Sure. And Fez, we talked about it. The odds aren't out, but hey, we are the official odds provider of the Associated Press, so we can put some odds out. Win total for the Eagles next year, probably seven and a half. Yeah, I think just, I would project them to be just below a 500 team, but a lot of so their, Let me see, eight, seven. Yeah, I agree. But I a agree. lot of variance, I think, with that number, a higher could be a high ceiling, and the wheels could come off. Hmm, fascinating. What, I'm just, I, I got to understand. What, what are you saying? Like, you just put a number out. And in a way, you're saying your number's BS. No. No, no, you're saying it could be way off, though, in either direction. That's the definition of a bad number. No, I'm saying my confidence in the number is not as high as it would be for some other teams. Okay. But it doesn't mean it's a bad number. Well, first of all, it wasn't your number. I asked your right. opinion. So I feel very confident on my number. I can see why you wouldn't be with your current handicapping in the NFL. I'm very, in fact, you want to, it sounds like you think the Eagles could easily win eight. Why don't we just make a bet right now? No, seven and a half is a good number. 
Uh, except you took two minutes of the show to explain how you didn't like it. All right, you know, I'm turning Fez's... His mic's off. Four-minute warning. Let's talk about this Eagles. You and me, Jonas. All right, and so according to several reports, the Eagles are hiring Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sariani as their next head coach. He will take over in Philly after a rough year in the departure of Doug Peterson. I wonder what Fez thinks of this. <laughs> Can't hear him. All right. <laughs> to me, this is all about Carson Wentz. Ultimately, if you read the insider reports, and these are public reports about why was Peterson fired, it was a matter of him and Carson Wentz had a relationship that wasn't going to work anymore. And I'm not sure if the contract wasn't so substantial for Wentz. And remember, this year and next year, it's practically impossible to extricate themselves from that contract. And even if there's a trade, there's ramifications of you know dead money. So it's one of those situations where if you got to stick with this guy and th- that guy and the other guy have a problem, well, you got to choose. So I like it because if they did choose Wentz, which they did, then why not just finish the job? Why not get him a Frank Wright guy, the OC? Because as everyone t- seems to want to mention now, and I think it's very correct, Frank Reich had such a big part of the Eagles' success. Carson Wentz's second year, the year that was the almost MVP year. And Reich, is my understanding, his focus was third down plays, third down conversions. And they had a historic season, the Eagles did that year, converting a bunch of third and longs. And that's something the Eagles have never been able to do with Wentz since. And he's never been all that effective since. What do you think, Jonas? Yeah, and and I also wonder, I think it comes down to a couple of things. Uh, Sirianni was hired because they really believed he could be the guy and could sell them on on keeping Carson Wentz and building up his confidence again and turning him back into the quarterback that they think he is as a franchise guy. And also, the GM there, Howie Roseman, has a lot of power and a lot of control, and there's been more and more rumblings out of Philadelphia that that was some of the issues. Chip Kelly talked about it years ago. Doug Peterson and and Howie Roseman, there was discussions that maybe there was a little bit of a back and forth and Doug wanted more control over what was going on and how he wouldn't get it. So it does make me wonder, did Sirianni take the job because he's a young guy and he's not going to push back against Howie Roseman? So I wonder a little bit of that. Oh, is that why he took or is that why it was offered to him? That could be it, too. Right. I mean, and I'm not sure. I'm just saying is in a way, if you're a power trying to consolidate power, you don't bring in a Bill Parcells. You don't bring in a strong coach. Exactly. Which is what we all thought Green Bay did was bring, you know, if the conflict with Aaron Rodgers and the coach brings in a lesser coach or a coach with lesser experience and power. But obviously, LaFleur has exceeded all expectations there. You know, you read the reports more deeply than me, my understanding is that Peterson, uh, you know, a week before, let's say right before that Sunday night game and the debacle with the fourth quarter and the backup quarterback, before that, the odds were strong Peterson was coming back. How yeah. often does a guy get fired a couple, you know, in, that made the playoffs? It might be the first time in history a guy made the playoffs last year. And won a Super Bowl three years before. So the not the year before that, but the year before that. So you win the Super Bowl, and then I think they missed the playoffs, right? The next year. Then they make the playoffs, 
and you get fired. How often does that happen? And, and how often do two back to does an organization fire coaches back to back with winning records when they at the time they were fired? Oh, the chip. That's interesting. So, which is making your point about the power struggle. You know, I also read the owner wasn't so happy with Peterson, but I also my understanding was that. They Peterson just was fighting for the right to select his own assistant coaches. Yeah. So it wasn't so much he wanted more power; he just didn't want power taken from him. It exactly. Seems. Yeah. And and it and it look it feels like Doug Peterson has already said he's probably going to be off this year. But I would I would imagine going into next season, Doug Peterson's going to be a really hot commodity. He's going to be a guy who's sought after. He did things in Philadelphia nobody had done. And we can say whatever we want about, well, you know, they had such a talented roster. He was the head coach that coached a backup quarterback to a Super Bowl. And so that, to me, says something. So I feel like Doug Peterson's going to be fine after all this. Yeah, so to be clear, I was wrong about that. They made the division round because remember – when it was against, uh, when if I recall now, it was Foles quarterbacking again, right? And they, they yes. beat the Rams as 10-point underdog. Okay, so 17, you win the Super Bowl. This is the Eagles now. Against Tom Brady with yep. a backup quarterback. Yep. In 18, you shocked really effectively the world by making the playoffs with Carson Wentz hurt, and uh, they lost in the division round. So they got to the second round. Then they lost in the wild card round, Super Bowl, division round, wild card round, one bad year, and you're gone. I don't think that's ever happened. And also, if I mean, you Bill go- Parcells, or I'm sorry, maybe Parcell, um, I'm sorry, Jimmy Johnson with the Cowboys, right? And, and if you go back to that 2018 season after they won the Super Bowl, in that game against the Saints, if, if people recall, they had an opportunity to go down the field. They had a lead early and an opportunity to go down the field late and actually take the lead and potentially beat New Orleans and get back to the NFC title game. But there was a drop by Alshon Jeffrey that turned into an interception, and that's why they ended up losing that game. What he, what he did there was outstanding. And so it just is a little odd that in two consecutive coaching tenures, two guys with winning records who had success ended up getting clipped after that season. So I just, I, I wonder what that means moving forward, but this to me feels like, and you alluded to it, there's got to be something connected to Carson Wentz here that they've decided we want to move forward with Carson Wentz. Who's going to be the guy who's going to be able to bring him back? And the only quibble I would have with what you're saying is I don't think they decided that. I think that was a forced decision by the reality of that contract. There's just yeah. no way they could bring in another quarter, you know, no way they could let that money be dead effectively. Yeah. As you were talking about why the Eagles should have won a game and you were talking about individual plays, it made me think of Fez. So should we bring him back in? It's not the same. It's your decision, Jonas. It's not the same without him. We need Fez. All right. Fez, what's your take on this? I think the injuries that the Eagles have had should have gone ahead and given Peterson more more time. But boy, even with no injuries, who doesn't have a bad... I mean, if you're not Bill... Well, first off, let's be candid. With a below-average quarterback, at least effectively on the field, to even make the... I get it. It was a bad division. I get... Still, to be 500 is... You know, think about it. With a bad quarterback, Mike Tomlin... Was eight and eight last year, and people were talking coach of the year. Yes, with a great defense. So the Eagles with a quarterback. Let's be honest. This year, no better than Mason Rudolph was last year. Yeah. To to, to you know, and then the year before, I think Carson Wentz played. I know Carson Wentz played better, but still to make the playoffs, 
this is like literally if it's Jimmy Johnson after Super Bowls and then who else has been fired? This is personality or this is the conflict with Wentz. But it probably was a sign of hubris, meaning if you're Peterson and you've got a guy, you know, the one guy in the building you probably can't win a battle with is Wentz. And somehow he got into a battle with Wentz. Yes. So to me, I don't fully understand. Maybe it all started with, you know, let's be candid by drafting that quarterback is Hurts. It it created this entire situation, because if you didn't have Hurts, you wouldn't have probably bench Wentz. Right. For whom? Not Nate Sudfeld. So let, yeah. So let's assume, and we're straight out of Vegas talking with Steve Fezzik in studio. Let's assume you're right. It's absurd that he got fired if it wasn't for reasons other than results. And obviously, it was for reasons other than results. Anything else? Just that. Even if they hadn't won the Super Bowl, I think we could have a conversation over the last three years. Yeah, probably he gets fired well, based upon so. the on the to, field. So that you, to make the playoffs three out of four years. You get fired even if you don't win the Super Bowl. I'm, no, I'm saying if I just delete the entire Super Bowl year and he had only well, but been that, a coach Why would three that years. be absurd though? Or, or why, why would that even be a consideration? Let's say they lost against Atlanta. The thing we talk about all the time is Atlanta was inside the ten yard line against Philly that year with a, favored with two minutes left to score and win that game. Yes. Okay. If Atlanta scores there, you have first round exit, uh, second round exit. First round exit, miss the playoffs. No one gets fired for that. Good Nobody resume. does. Nobody gets fired. O'Brien had something similar, and he doesn't get fired unless he makes the most atrocious trades in the history of the world as the quote unquote GM. Yes. So, what do you think the win total would be with the Eagles? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the having the coach matters. I think it'd still be seven and a half. What are you talking about? You said what would be the win total? No, I said what do Eagles? you think the win total should be for the Eagles? Seven and read? a half. Nothing else to say about it? No. See, it works, Jonas. <laughs> if they traded Carson Wentz, and I'm not saying this would happen, but let's if if they traded him, how much does the win total get impacted then? Hmm. No, I think another way to say that is. If we knew Hertz was going to start the whole season, right. and we knew Wentz was, yeah. So if that's what you're asking, I got to be honest with you. I very rarely don't have an answer because <laughs> part of me thinks the following: if what we saw from Carson Wentz is the truth last year, his current truth, I think that that Hertz was a better quarterback, even even now, and the trend line would be better, right? If anything other than this year were the truth, remember, Colin right here on Fox Sports Radio was talking about Carson Wentz being in the list. Like, you know, you could go easily find seven, eight instances where Colin was saying, okay, here's the great quarterbacks entering the 2020 season, and it would have been Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers maybe, because remember, Aaron Rodgers was dropping off, and it was maybe four or five down the list Carson Wentz was coming out of his mouth. Because he did have, in a way, a Herculean effort with so many injuries the year before. Mm-hmm. right? So in 19, there were massive injuries, and he willed them to the playoffs. Colin was all in on the Carson Wentz train. Now, I give him credit. Midway through this year, he got off. You know, he didn't get off the Sand Arnold train. I don't think he's still off yet, but he got off the Carson Wentz train, so give him credit for that. But... 
Carson Wentz was in the. I mean, where did in your preseason quarterback rankings? Where was Carson Wentz? Oh, I, I believe I had him tenth. So to, a top ten quarterback. So that's the question. Which one is true? Is it the guy? We got one. What twelve games to say he's horrible, and we got multiple years that led to you saying he's top ten. Which one do you think is true, Jonas? I think that he's. Uh, I never was as high on Carson Wentz as everybody else was. But, but just, you, you were much higher than bottom quarter of the league. Yeah, I would put him. I would put him middle of the pack. I would put him anywhere between twelve to eighteen. Now, still. Now, I would put him bottom ten. So that's the question. Is a lot of guys are going to tell you this year? Who knows why it happened? Maybe he was injured. Maybe. I would say this. Oh, now I was ready to say this is rare for me to be so. Like, I don't know. What do you think, Fez? I think right around 22nd, right with Jared Goff. Yeah. So what do you think, what, if you knew that Hertz was going to be the starting quarterback the entire year, or Wentz was, so two scenarios, which, your win to- which win total was higher for the Eagles? Oh, Wentz is higher. Really? So, yes. But Hertz played better this year than Wentz did. He did. And Hertz's trend line is significantly the theory is a young quarterback that's getting reps is going to get better and better. Yes. So by the end of the year, I no, pro- no, no. But what I'm saying is, if he was better this year, and he's trending up, hurts. What makes you think Wentz would be better next year? Because oftentimes the first two or three starts that a rookie quarterback has are his best. Yeah, but it seems like Hurts answered a lot of those questions. I agree with you there. If they're physically limited, that happens all the time because the team gets tape on or the teams get tape on him and are able to figure out how to counteract his limitations. I don't know. Was Hurts really limited? Jonas, did he? Did it seem like his arm strength was insufficient? I mean, it just felt like there were questions about him for sure. That it seems like he answered some. I don't. I'm not saying he's going to be great. I'm saying he probably would stay at least at the level he showed, at least as long as he could run, which would at least be next season. What do you think, John? I think he look. He wasn't great. Jalen Hurts was not a great quarterback this year, but he was still better than Carson Wentz. And I don't even think it's debatable, just if you look at the sample size of each. Yeah, we all agree with that. So, And, and it's a great point to clarify. And I think to close, here's the debate. Is if we believe this year was an aberration, a fluke against Wentz, then Wentz's career has been better than what we saw from Hurts. But Hurts last year was better. The second question is, is Hertz going to regress because the league figures him out? Or is Hertz going to get better yes. because he is, physic- in my opinion, probably there physically. It's just about experience now. Usually the quarterbacks that suffer in those following starts after three or four are the ones that have limitation, big limitations. Tebow, you know, you could go down the list. I just don't know if Hertz does. Especially considering what he threw for a couple 300 yard games after doing it with his legs, he was able to do it with his arm then in the third and fourth games. And we saw this uh, finally with Washington this year in the playoffs. When you have a running quarterback that's willing to run, it might not last. But boy, oh boy, it's effective. And the fact of the matter is, its inability to last, I think, is increasing. Because we're seeing Lamar Jackson getting hurt. Mahomes getting hurt. For whatever reason, maybe the defenses are even bigger and bigger. It's hard to stay healthy and run in the NFL. So, a lot of questions with the Eagles. I guess I was right. This is a, an often discussed team. When we come back... 
Colin Cowherd probably got more heat for something he said this week than anything I've ever heard him say. And you know what? With one slight caveat, I agree with him and disagree with all the, uh, we'll call them haters. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell, and we are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And coming up here in just a couple of moments, there are no sacred cows on this show. We discuss a member of the Fox Sports Radio family. And agreement with Colin. Solidarity, baby. But, boy, everyone hated this comment. Great day to join to discuss, this is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. We're going to have a great end of the football season. I think our best football season yet. You can listen on 225 stations across the country. If you're not sure which one over the air, just go to foxsportsradio.com. You can find that. And you can listen to the stream of this show and the other shows right here in Las Vegas on the Strip. 66 degrees, Fez's favorite temperature, and the neon is flowing. So, RJ, we are straight out of Vegas here, live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch, and you could save a bundle on your auto insurance. And a friend of the program is none other than one Colin Cowherd, someone that you agree with this point on. Yeah, so... Did you catch wind of this, Jones? I know you guys have a contentious relationship, but <laughs> is did you catch wind where Colin said, I believe the NFL should postpone the conference championship game if Patrick Mahomes is not available to play? I did and hear him Dan say And Dan Patrick that. was talking about it. Did you hear about this? I, I, heard, I heard him make the comment, yeah. What was your thought? It's crazy. Crazy? Colin's yeah. crazy? <laughs> I mean, okay. Yeah. Let's see, one, what the basic premise of his comment is, which is NFL is a television show first and a sporting event second. Right? So, for example, as he used as an analogy, if you're going to see Jay-Z or something, they don't put the backup Jay-Z singer in if he's got laryngitis. They cancel the show. All right, so do you feel like that the NFL is more sporting event or is it more TV show slash entertainment? I think it's a little of both. And which one is more? You're hedging. Um, which one's more? More of a sporting event. Okay, so let's think about this a second. Um, college baseball is a sporting event. NFL is also partially a sporting event. College baseball generates net negative money where it costs more to buy the bats and the balls than it is to play. And the NFL makes billions. If we just said, why is that? Wouldn't we say it's more entertaining? It's, it's actually effectively more of a TV show? Yeah, TV's a big part of it, yeah. yeah and, and it's something that is very successful on TV, Yeah, right? So, so to me, I agree. If you take away the sporting event element, you got wrestling. And now, you know, pro wrestling, and that doesn't work. I agree. But boy, as you're weighing the two things, 
sporting event TV, you better give, or entertainment TV, whatever, you better give TV its due. Yeah. So here's my proposal to make his comment, I think, work without a lot of debate. Entering the playoffs, each of the teams get to designate two players as key personnel. So usually it's going to be your quarterback and one other player. And if that player is hurt for only the conference championship week, all right, only that, and he's viable to play before th- or Thursday or before. So Sunday's the game. If he could play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, you simply say, okay, it's one of the two. You have the right to do it if you want. You can move this game to Thursday. Now, every team would have an equal chance to do this. Every team would only get two players. You can't just do it because it's Mahomes now and retroactively. But wouldn't that be exciting, the idea that there's the Sunday game, then there's the Thursday game, and then since the Super Bowl is going to be 10 days away anyway, it's not like the rest is an issue. I think that works. What do you think, John? I, I mean, it would be exciting, but you know, you could put a pit of crocodiles in each end zone, and that would be exciting too. But it's but just, it would be yeah. exciting. You would take a negative, like not having one of the two key and make it a positive. Why wouldn't you? I wonder how many. If we're just using COVID as an example, how many games would have had different outcomes if certain players had played this season if they had the same rule into effect? And in a way, that's a lamento, isn't yeah. it? Don't we want the the best players? In, and listen, we can't postpone it for months. We can't. But the idea of of a flex of a of and what's fascinating is there'd be a whole. The week before the playoffs, that Wednesday or Tuesday, they'd have a TV show around each team announcing their two players. Because think of how exciting that would be to think, all right, it's the court. Like, would it be Mahomes and who? Tyreek Hill? Mm. Right? So who would they? Kelsey. Yeah, that's what that's the now that I want to tune in for. Yeah. That's it. I just took his (laughs) catastrophe, it seems, some thought. I love it. What do you think, Fez? You know, I'm thinking about COVID. You couldn't believe that I was going to make that work. (laughs) I I couldn't. And I'm thinking about we already largely did this with COVID, right? We had games that got played on Tuesday and on Wednesday. So we were flexible with that. And listen, you can say, well, what about the fans? It's like most of the fans, if you're rich enough to fly into Green Bay to see a game, then you're rich enough to take a couple days off of work. And if you're local, it's no problem, right? Game's Thursday. And... Go ahead, Jones. Well, if this was if you were going to do it, this would be the year to do it because you're not impacting as many fans. Because, yeah, that's another. Yeah. But but remember, the Super Bowl you can't move, right? Because it's it's you know like Fox Sports Radio typical yeah. years are booking suites, you know all kind. It, it, I mean, I'm getting emails on that in August about the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. So I think the championship week's the one week you could do it. And I, to me, I'd be excited by it. I do think COVID has shown us. That all of this staunchiness, all of this three years ahead to, to, to have a, a college football game played or five years ahead, it's absurd. I love that the, the Pac-12 did this well. And Pac-12, I think, didn't get great marks as the football season progressed, but at least if you were a football fan. But boy, oh boy, when they played that noon game on Sunday, I love that. 
It was like a pick. I mean, I've seen pickup games that had more seemingly more lead time. BYU Coastal Carolina, one of the best games of the year. Now I agree, and it was one of the most exciting parts of the game of the season. One of the other things that I've wondered is this going to be a keeper, just based on how many people liked it. Was the two Monday night games? Like it would not surprise me if moving forward they did it at least more often, if not every week. They had dual. They had two Monday night games back to back on Mondays. I personally would like that more than adding another day. Agreed. Right? Agreed. And again, I get it. Every day they add is billions of dollars, but there is killing the goose that laid the golden egg. Okay. We talked about how the total in the Green Bay game has moved up. We gave it yesterday, but I think it tells us about the weather, but it tells us about other things about that game. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Okay, so we've got the Packers game. Yesterday we said we liked the over in that game. The total was what, Fez, at that time? 51. And then magically, a couple hours later, it was... 51 and a half. All right, so it's going on. And 51's a key number. Ace Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. I can tell you that. I was so good that whenever I bet, I could change the odds for every bookmaker in the country. I didn't play that, but okay, I hear you. Go ahead. <laughs> Buffalo Indy was lined at 51 for the total. It landed 51 already in these playoffs. Yeah, and remember, if you just think of combinations of sevens and threes, you can figure out what the key numbers are, right? And 51, maybe the most key number in the NFL right now, because it's right in the center of a lot of, you know, 51s. An average total was, what, 49 this year? Yes. Which I think speaks to why the over was such a good play. It's the idea that the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers somehow are average because what was the average total this year? 49, Mm -hmm. right, in that range? So this total is a point or two higher. The weather would have been a reason to keep the total down. But we knew, or at least we suspected a day or two ago, it was going to be cold. It was going to have some snow maybe, but not a ton of snow, not crazy cold, and less little wind. Wind kills you. It kills scoring. It kills you on overs. A little bit of cold doesn't. It might be an advantage if the other teams from Tampa would have, but it doesn't really hurt scoring historically. And a little bit of precipitation doesn't. If anything, that helps scoring because the other team, the defense doesn't know where you're going, so you slip more. And if you slip on defense, what happens? It's almost an easy touchdown if you're a D-back. If a wide receiver slips, what happens? Well, you just don't throw to that guy. We saw Titans slipping all over the field week 16 at Lambeau, right? Yeah, and that's one, though, where – and I do think that if it is precipitation – it will be an advantage to Green Bay because they know that slick field. Now, will it hurt the Tampa offense or defense more? I don't really know. But we talked about liking Green Bay in the first half in conjunction with the over. So first question quickly, Jonas, is do you like the over 50, oh, now 51 and a half, but we had it 51 yesterday? I don't. 
uh, which should make you guys feel better about this. No, so what, what's the rationale, though? Um, I just think that Tampa Bay is really going to try and grind this game out. I think they're, they're going to focus on – it's going to look like old-school Tom Brady, Tampa Bay, or in New England, where they're trying to run the football, and they're using time of possession, and their idea, it's going to be twofold, keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, but let's also establish the run. And there's been times where Green Bay – you could run on Green Bay this season. So, to me, that's what it feels like is going to happen because – they realize they have a good run defense. Aaron Rodgers is going to try and beat him through the air, and that's where I feel like Tampa's strategy is going to take place. Okay, now this is fascinating. So here's what we'll say. One, yesterday we gave the first half, Green Bay minus two, in conjunction with the over, and we said they're correlated. If you can get a parlay. Now, some books won't even take a parlay on this, but the over – for the game in Green Bay first half, minus two, I think is correlated because if Green Bay gets the lead, Tampa's going to be forced to throw the ball. And that's, that's the ideal for us. Because you're right, I think Tampa wants to play slower, which actually opens the door for one more pick. So when we come back, I'm going to give – this is going to be an extravaganza week of picks. I'm going to give another pick that I'm batting that actually speaks to Jonas's point and I think closes the circle. We're going to have three good picks here. Green Bay, first half, over, and what's to come. AutoZone, he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money-making time right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. RJ Bell, we are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan, live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio studios. Call Farmers today for a quote. And RJ, we are looking at the NFC Championship game, and we're not saying it was specifically because of this show, but the total did move slightly in that game between the Bucks and the Packers up to 51 and a half. Well, let's let's make a point here. Slightly Lines don't move by more than half points at a time. And probably the most valuable half point in totals in the NFL now is 51. Wouldn't you say, Fez? Yeah. It's right there. It used to be 44. You know, way back in the day, it was 37. (laughs) 37 plus two two extra touchdowns gets you to 51. That's good. That's context. I like that. True enough. So, uh, it's the sharp side. If you actually look at the total of the Saints – versus Tampa Bay. What was the total in that game? 53 at close. All right, so let's think. Who's got the better offense, Green Bay or uh, the Saints with Drew Brees and noodle-arm Drew Brees? Green Bay. And who's got the better defense, maybe the best defense in the NFL? So why? I'm confused. I get you're in the Dome, but the weather's not going to be an issue here. I mean, I think there was fear of weather that's but, not materializing. But yesterday we knew that it wasn't happening. You know, so I mean, again, we're talking about wind. So the first half, and this is shocking about how the Packers do in the first half versus the second half. So across the entire season, the Packers outscored opposition by 145 points in the first half. First half, they scored 145 points more. The Pack. Second half. 12 points more. 
145 to 12. That's why Green Bay's underrated, and that's why Green Bay is a first half play here at minus two. Why? Because they this season have let off the gas a little bit. Even though they've had clear wins, it's not like they actually, if you look at their win percentage chances throughout the fourth quarter, weighted average we do, Green Bay has the best. They they were more in control of games than anyone, Kansas City, anyone. But they didn't really play hard offensively in the second half. They were outscored in the fourth quarter, minus seven. Seven points outscored. Maybe the best team in football. So I think in the playoffs, when they keep pressing, in the second half, it's going to lead to overs. It's going to lead to extending the margin. But, boy, you let me bet minus three with some extra vig, even three and a half for the game. Or you can say, well, let me see, about ooh, 90% plus of the margin Green Bay generates is in the first half. Why not play minus two in the first half, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and it's minus two and a half is the number. Absolutely. Yeah, it's almost virtually the same. There's one and a halves out there. there. There was a couple days ago there were one and a half. It all got gobbled up. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So we're talking in general. Thanks for being the line police. <laughs> I think we do a pretty good job of uh, being fair about the line. So I'm R.J. Bell. Okay, Jonas's point was he thinks Tampa is going to want to try to run the ball. I think he's right, and that's why I'm looking at maybe. Now, this feels counterintuitive, but I'm thinking about under in the first quarter. It's like, well, wait a minute. You're saying over for the game, under in the first quarter? Actually, that's exactly what hedge funds do. They bet one way and then the other, but the theory is the pricing makes it profitable. Now, the simplest thing a hedge fund might do is buy soybeans in one place for a dollar, sell them in another place for a dollar two, never have to touch soybeans. It's all in future contracts. That's old school. That's what they used to. But what they'll do is say, is there a correlation, but we like one side over the other. I like over for the game. Because I think when Tom Brady's thrown from behind, and I expect him to be behind, they're going to score a lot of points. Jonas's point is they're going to try to run early. I think you're right. So why not hedge against that fear by going under in the first quarter? Under 10 minus $1.20, right? Yes. Okay. So here's the question, and, and I think it's a fascinating one. You probably don't win both bets most of the time. But I think you win both so much more than you lose. If it goes over in the first quarter, I feel great that the game's going over. But I can see the first quarter going under and the game going over, especially with the way the pack pick it up in the second or in the second quarter specifically. So if you like only one or the other, just bet one or the other. But I'm going to be betting both, hoping to win both. Ten seconds, Fez. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. If we get 14 points in the first quarter, this baby should go flying over. You know what? If it's seven nothing, we win our first quarter under. But I, I'm fine with her over at that point. I agree. I think that this is advanced stuff. But the easiest thing for you to do, if you like one or the other, under first quarter or over for the game, go with that. Or if you want to bet like a pro, you can do it our way. We are straight out of Vegas, live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS, and you could save a whole lot of something on auto insurance. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, for a full preview of Conference Championship Sunday in the NFL, right here on Fox Sports Radio, straight out of Vegas.